The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Here we go. Thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's yet another IBG episode, I wanted to focus on how fragile life actually is. Now, this is something I've wanted to talk about for a while now, honestly. Um, so I just wanted to kind of take some time to really discuss this, because those of you that have uh, you know followed along with, with my social media, my content, and or you know me personally... Um, you know, you're pretty familiar with my backstory and all the stress that I had to deal with and, and went through in retail management uh, before I, I started my lawn care business and started, you know, putting content out on, on social media and all that. It was a real, uh, you know, life-changing situation, really. I mean, I, I got to a, a breaking point like mentally, emotionally, and maybe even a little bit physically. I was just exhausted all the way around. And, you know, it was I was just super stressed. I was sick all the time, like, like you know, like uh, sick, like getting a cold type sick. Like I constantly got a cold. It would always start out that way, you know, a couple times, at least two or three times every year throughout the year. I'd get like a cold, what you'd think would be a simple cold, and it would always turn into something else. Bronchitis, laryngitis, ear infection, double ear infection, sinus infection, all these things. And sometimes I had multiple of those things all at one time. Uh, it was just a really stressful environment that I ended up being in. And I never I never anticipated it to be like that. You know, I started retail as uh, when I was in college and never never thought about doing that for a living and being in management and starting a family through all that and trying to live my life. I, I never, that wasn't really ever my, my end goal. I was just in college. wasn't really sure what I was even going to do with myself after college and just was working part-time in retail, just like a lot of folks do a lot of kids and adults do for as a part-time job and, or obviously as a full-time job um, intentionally or unintentionally. And that's basically what happened to me. I was just doing it part-time and then it turned into, it became more of a full-time thing because I, I enjoyed it to a certain extent. Um, I, I felt like I had some, some leadership qualities that started to um, emerge or, or become, you know, visible and evident for everyone that worked with me uh, and my, my supervisors and so on. So it just kind of one thing led to another. And I just started going through the ranks of retail management and just that was my career. That became my thing. After college, I just stuck with retail management and I, I never really knew what else I was going to do with that either. Uh, I figured I would be in retail management my whole life or completely change, you know, um, totally change profession, professions or whatever, but I didn't know what that was going to be. So it, it took me getting to, and, 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 and through that time frame, those 15 years, things just started to get more and more stressful. I mean, the, you know, the, the whole, 
the whole structure of retail changed with Amazon and all the e-commerce and just going on on a website and ordering something online, having it shipped to you the, the next day or a week later or whatever it is. And, and you don't even have to go into a store as much anymore. And, and that made it challenging for all those stores, right? And all the people in the stores and the companies trying to find a way to still be profitable. And, and it put a lot of extra stress on everyone in that company trickling all the way down to the store level, right? The store managers and the store staff were just high stress, trying to make as much money as possible, trying to make everything as perfect as possible, trying to give as best, best customer service as possible, ring everyone up at the registers as fast as possible to keep the line moving so nobody walks out. Well, like, it was just super stressful as time got on, you know, or went, went on. And a lot of that, again, like I said, is just society and life and how we've evolved as, as a culture, a civilization and retail management, retail got kind of caught up in that mix. And it, and it still, it still is stressful. I mean, a lot of companies have gone out of business and so on. So I got caught up in all that. I was super stressed out. Like I said, sick all the time. Didn't know what was going on in my life. Didn't even recognize myself. Just like, I, you know, I was kind of becoming a different person all my relationships, you know, the few relationships that I had in my life, but more, most importantly with my family, you know, my wife and my kids was just getting completely uh, destroyed, honestly, you know. So I say all that as my quick backstory. For those of you that don't know, that was like the the most abbreviated version as possible. I've talked about this on recent episodes and gone into full detail on my YouTube channel at Lawn Care Rookie, uh, as well as... Um, you know, other, other episodes on other podcasts and, and so on. So I didn't want to just go over it again and again and again, though I know there's a lot of new folks listening. So that was the abbreviated version there or the abridged edition or whatever. Um, just to kind of give you my backstory, because I say all that to say that no matter what you're doing, whether it's retail and, and now, now I have my own business and I've had a lot of ups and downs in my business as all people in business probably do, all entrepreneurs do. It's, it's stressful being an entrepreneur, right? You, you, you feel like you're on an isolated on an island all by yourself out in the middle of nowhere a lot of times unless you can plug into a community like this, unless you have podcasts like this and other podcasts to listen to to kind of keep you motivated or to at least make you feel like you're not alone and you're a part of something um, bigger than yourself. And so that you, so, so that you know that there's other people experiencing the same things and maybe how giving you tips on how they overcame it or how you can avoid it in the first place and so on and so forth, as well as the YouTube videos and Instagram, all the different types of forms of content out there trying to help everyone in the community, trying to just, just share and grow together. And that's just, you know, that, that's really helpful for um, entrepreneurs that are able to plug into that, like I said, because uh, you, you, this way you hopefully don't feel so alone because usually your friends and your family, everyone in your personal circle, unless they're other entrepreneurs, which is very rare, they don't have a clue. You know, they might have some words of advice or they might want to lend a listening ear, but I mean, that's, that's really all it is. And the advice is typically not helpful and sometimes makes it worse or gets you frustrated and so on. So it can really seem like a, a lonely place unless you have some peers and mentors doing similar things or just entrepreneurs in general, because there's a lot of overlap, whether you're running a service cleaning business or a lawn care business or any kind of service related business, or you're running a retail store space or an online, you know, website of some sort, you know, selling products online, or you're an author and you're writing books and you're going on book tours and you're, you're, you know, doing all these other 
uh, marketing things and uh, online courses and events, like all these things, whatever type of entrepreneur, whatever entrepreneurial journey you have, we're all connected in, in that, in that way. And the fact that we're all entrepreneurs and there's a lot of similarities, a lot of overlap, regardless of, you know, what types of products we're selling and what types of services we're offering. There's still a lot of overlap there. So unless you are surrounded by other entrepreneurs, it's, it can be even, it can make a stressful situation even more stressful. So I say all that to say, please, please take all of that into consideration Find outlets, find ways, safe and healthy ways to relieve stress, tension, you know, whether it's going for, for, for runs, bike riding, going to the gym, all the above, you know, maybe it's watching, you know, some TV shows or, uh, you know, movies or making YouTube videos, creating content. That's something I love doing because it's for so many reasons. And one of the things is it's, it's, it's a de-stressor. If I can talk to you guys, you know, kind of decompress different topics or events or things that have happened in my life and business on, you know, the podcast and on social media, maybe in a YouTube video and things like that. We, it kind of helps me a little bit, you know, it's a little bit of self-therapy. I kind of talk it through and, and like I said, decompress. And then if there's any kind of interaction from you guys, you know, it's obviously on the podcast, it's just a one way street right now, unless I'm interviewing someone, but for, for YouTube videos and Instagram content, you guys can comment and, and we can have a, a little bit of a conversation there. Or you guys can always email me at longcarerookie at gmail.com and we can have a conversation there. If there's a particular episode that resonated with you or you had questions about something or just wanted to offer some some feedback or words of, of advice or, or whatever, there's those options too. But for the most part, I'm just talking to myself and it's kind of like, you know, some self-therapy too. So whatever means you can find to relieve some relieve some of this stress and tension in your life and business, uh, just because you know one affects the other, right? If you have a stressful life for one reason or another, it's going to affect your business. If you have a stressful business, then it's going to affect your life. So I mean that they they go hand in hand. So just trying to figure it out. I know I also work out. I go to the gym. I create content, like I said. I do love to go mountain bike riding. That's, you know, there's all different types of bike riding. I said that loosely as a, a general a category, big umbrella with a lot of other forms of cycling underneath that umbrella. For me, it's mountain bike riding, which is called single track, like legitimate mountain bike, like not just on like some, you know, back forest gravel trail somewhere, something that people walk on, horses are on, bike riding on, like strollers are on, or a paved trail, God forbid. Like that's not mountain biking. Mountain biking, true real deal mountain biking is typically in the mountains, go figure. Um, But even if there are no mountains, if you're not in a very mountainous area, there's still plenty of mountain bike trails that can be made through the woods and up and down little hills and and all that and up and over roots and rocks and little obstacles that are built typically from, from, from nature, you know, like fallen trees um, that they cut up and, you know, have little log piles for you to climb up and over and little ramps, little rocks and ramps to jump off of and just do all kinds of fun tricks on the trail while you're riding, riding along. Some are on the trail, some are off to the side of the trail, depending on the difficulty levels. But the point is it's a very narrow trail. That's why we call it single track because literally there's only room for one way, uh, for one bike, you know, mountain bike to go through. It's, it's, you know, maybe double the width of the 
the bike's tires, really, you know, and I mean, sometimes you're going navigating in between trees and it's like, if you miscalculate, you know, your bent, you know, your shoulder, your, your elbow or something, your arm is going to bang into or sideswipe a tree on the way by. So it's, to me, I, I, I really enjoy that kind of stuff. I enjoy the, the mental skill and technical skill that's required for that, as well as the physical endurance and strength involved. And I also just love the scenery. It's, it's always where you never even know it, it exists. Like you're in the woods some, and you know, if you are, have mountains, you're in the mountains. So there's a lot of great views when you get to the top of the mountain or sometimes there's a little side, you know, pull-offs where you can rest as a bench or whatever, or a big rock that's just naturally there that is acts like a bench and you can just take a break and look out and maybe there's a lake or a river down there, or just, you can look in the valley of the, of the mountains and, to me, I like that kind of stuff. I love nature. I love camping, hiking, and mountain bike riding because I love the scenery of it. I love being out in the open, fresh air and, and just the whole environment. That's probably why one of the reasons why I love lawn care and, you know, um, uh, you know, lawn care services and, and maintenance and all that because I just love being outside and, and taking care of stuff like that. So, for me, I specifically love mountain bike riding. Just, you know, not that you needed to know all that about mountain biking, but, you know, sometimes people don't know what I'm talking about when I say mountain bike riding. It's, it's, it's not, you know, just riding down, down the street or through, through some random trail in the woods. It's like very specific. That's what I like anyway. I mean, you can ride your mountain bike or any kind of bike anywhere you feel like it, but I like to really get into it. And, and, uh, you know, once upon a time I was really, really, really into it, you know, so now I, I still have my bike and some of my stuff, but I don't go as much as I would like. I started going with my son a while back then his life started getting busier. And so we're always kind of trying to reconnect things like that. Like we're, we're about to hit the gym, uh, hard again. I've been maintaining at the gym, but he hasn't been to the gym for about a month or so because he's been in marching band season and that's been physically exhausting and time consuming after school. So he just really didn't have a whole lot of free time. So I would basically just still try to go one or two times a week just to maintain. I'm, I'm too old for the stop and go stuff. I got to be consistent with it. You know, at least keep my muscles active and keep lifting weights. You know, I'm not trying to get too crazy um, with one or two days a week, but until we get to the winter where he and I can get back at it again and try to get up to three or four days a week and we can hit it hard, um, and, and, and keep growing and getting stronger. So that's, that's what we're going to be doing soon. Um, actually after I'm done recording, I'm going to go home, change, and we're going to hit the gym coincidentally, ironically enough. Um, but so that's, that's just one of many things that I enjoy to do, uh, find time to do sometimes, you know, some things I want to find more time, you know, than, 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 than I have, um, you know, some, so depending, it's all cyclical, depending on times of year and all that. But the, the point is to make it a focus in some ways or a lot of ways, your life and potentially your friends and family's life around you depends on it. Cause I'll just end with this, with this, uh, short story that, I mean, for one, there's a bunch of, there's a, over the years since COVID, and, and, you know, in, in some cases because of COVID uh, and all the complications with shutting the world down for however many weeks it was or months or whatever the heck craziness it was, like there's a lot of adverse reactions that are still, we still haven't even seen the full manifestation of that yet. Two years, more than two years later, it's just still a domino effect, a ripple effect, right? You know, you throw a pebble in, in there and in, in the water and just just goes on and on almost forever sometimes. It just gets wider and wider, whatever. So all the analogies, but it's... Uh, 
it, it's it's been a struggle and for a lot of people in a lot of ways and in my local area specifically i mean i see it on social media too but in my local area i know a lot of guys that have just gone out of business they either downsized their business or they sold their business and got out of lawn care landscaping or all of it or maybe they just kind of transitioned a little bit downsized and just focused on something else within their business specifically or, or whatever just because it was too much for them to handle and it was too stressful and they did what they had to do and i I understand that and I can respect them making that decision uh, so that they're not stressed out. So, so they're staying mentally and physically and emotionally healthy. You know, I don't, I don't want that to lead to, you know, um, a bad family environment and, you know, getting a divorce maybe, or this or that, like all these negative things come from too much stress. And it's something that we all have to continuously navigate myself included you know, I came from, like I said, an extremely stressful ending of my retail career and then go transitioning into my lawn care business and then LCR media. And, you know, it's at times still very stressful navigating all that stuff. And as we know, as business owners, there's a lot of ups and downs and curveballs, and we just have to figure it out and, and go with the flow. And at the end of the day, it really is kind of like survival of the fittest, but we can kind of bake some of this stuff into our survival and be more intentional with these things because, you know, whether it's downsizing or getting out of business altogether and transitioning to something else, if that's what it's going to take, and then maybe, you know, then, then do what you got to do and, and no hard feelings. It, it's your life, your business. And maybe later on down the road, you'll come back to, you know, the green industry. If you realize that whatever you did wasn't, you know, ch changed to wasn't working out, or maybe you just needed that break and you're in a different point in your life where you think you'll be better off and you come back to the green industry and you hit it hard and you're bigger and better and you're having a time in your life, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's, it, it's your choice. It's your life, but I'm just kind of, this is almost like a public service announcement. I feel like episode because I just, I've just seen too many things, uh, over the last, eight years specifically more, more recently, the last, you know, couple of years, it's, it's really been stressful, um, for a lot of folks, myself included and survival of the fittest. And I'm determined. I know a lot of other people are determined, but I have seen a lot of unfortunate things. Some people that are determined life just says, Hey, you know what? You need to hit the hard reset button. Hey friends, Mr. Producer here, and I've been listening to Naylor emphasize route density on his podcast for over a year now, and I've encouraged him to take all this material and create a masterclass to put all of his knowledge in one place and share it with you. This is going to be a live three-week course. Nothing's pre-recorded. You'll have access to group live streams and one-on-ones with Naylor. Every session ends with action steps that you can implement right away in your business. Plus, you'll get a copy of the session recordings emailed to you. Hey, if you want to learn how to make $1,000 all the way up to $3,000 a day in lawn maintenance through route density, then you need to click the link in the episode description. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Welcome back to Toro Tuesday. This week, I wanted to focus on the Multiforce Pro Force Debris Blower. So I've been focusing on the Toro Multiforce Grandstand because I own that. I was a big fan of that before I was able to finally purchase one when they first came out back in 2016. I saw a lot of capabilities. They only had a few attachments. 
at the time for it. So this is the the grand the Toro grandstand, but it's a multi-force where they add on the capabilities of putting attachments. It has a hitch receiver on the front, hydraulically controlled, which lifts it up and down, and then you can control the attachments that are attached to it, whether they're powered. Um, you know, like like a power broom or a snowblower, or they're just something you have to move up and down side to side, like uh, a snowplow and uh, things of that nature. So over the years, they have come out, as I predicted, with more and more attachments for it. Um, there's a low-flow hydraulics for the basic moving it up and down side to side attachments. Then there's the high-flow uh, hydraulics for you to um, utilize the other things like the power broom and the snow th- uh, thrower and, and so on. One of the first things, actually the first attachment that I purchased at the same time that I got my Toro Grandstand Multiforce was the Proforce Debris Blower. Now, this is a massive blower. You know, listening to the audio, you can't get the visual. So as always, you can go um, in the show, the episode description and click on the link to go to uh, check it out on Toro.com. So you can see what it looks like. But this thing is massive. It's got a 360-degree nozzle rotation. So it's, just, it's like a massive, like, uh, I don't know, like, like a jet engine blower or something, for lack of a better description. Um, and, and the 360 means you can spin it all the way around so that you don't have to move the mower that you're on. You know, if you're changing directions or just trying to control the pile of leaves or whatever debris you might be trying to move around, um, you can adjust it, you know, uh, by by turning it all the way around or just a little bit, but it goes completely from one side to the other, just all the way, um, full 360 degree rotation with a 26 and a half horsepower Kohler Command Pro EFI engine that the multi forces have. It delivers a tremendous amount of air power. So basically, you take the deck belt that uh, drives the mower blades on the on the mower deck. When you take the mower deck off, in most cases for these attachments, specifically the ProForce uh, blower attachment, you, you, you take the deck off and you can uh, put that deck belt, you wrap that around a pulley that's attached to the blower, and that's what makes the blower work. When you engage the blades, you push the button on the mower to, that you would normally engage the blades. What it does instead is it engages the blower. It turns the fan on of the blower and the amount of power that the engine is producing is the amount of power to create the tremendous amount of airflow. When I say tremendous, I mean this thing is really meant for large properties, parking lots, things like that. Like all year round, you know, like whether it be in the winter and there's a lot of sand, rocks, gravel, dirt, salt, all that kind of residue that builds up on parking lots. If you have any commercial parking lots that you maintain, streets, things like that, the whole general area, it's so much easier to just ride up and down with this thing and just blow everything to one side or one corner and, you know, you can also, in addition to that, have you know a guy or guys, girls. If you have anyone helping you, they can come come uh, do the final detail cleanup as you're getting everything corralled. You know, quickly with the big ProForce blower, they can come in with the their backpack blowers and kind of get it where the final stages of where it's got to go or whatever. They can be blowing things if you're doing leaf removal in the fall. They can be blowing things down out of the yard or into a specific pile, into a specific area, so then while you're going along with the ProForce blower and blowing it into the le- into the woods, or if you're trying to get it all to the curb to suck it up with your leaf vac, you can do that as well. I've done a variety of all these things with this blower. I had a commercial property um, a while back that I, I used this for in that situation for leaves as well as, you know, 
things would accumulate. Like like I said, rocks, dirt, sand, that would all accumulate. So it just made it so much quicker and easier. It's so powerful. Less walking. I could just corral everything to a smaller area so that we could be more focused with the backpack blowers in, in one area instead of walking around the entire property with the backpack blowers. I could just easily zip around with this, um, as well as when we were trying to get the leaves from certain properties to the woods or to the curb. And, 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 you know, as you know, as you start blowing out mulch beds and blowing through the yard with your backpack blowers, the piles eventually start to get so big that it's just hard to move them with the backpack blowers. Now, there's various other ways you can move those piles when you get to that pile. And there's another attachment that I'll talk about in a future episode, a future uh, Tuesday, uh, Toro Tuesday episode that you can use. But in this case, you can use the blower to do that. Once you get to this massive pile built up and the backpack blowers just aren't working, the backpack, uh, the uh, Proforce blower, you just go right up to it and boom, it just moves that pile like it's nothing. There's also some yards where there's there's a fence and a back gate to the woods. So we would just open the gate. I would just position myself on the on the, the multi-force uh, mower with the Proforce blower just pointing directly at that gate opening. And the guys would come from both sides and they would just keep blowing the leaves into that airflow and it would just shoot them right through the gate, just funnel them right out and it, and, and it got everything done in a matter of minutes versus us just constantly going back and forth for, you know, 30 minutes or what, an hour or whatever, trying to get it all, all them out, all those piles of leaves out with the backpack blower. You could just keep blowing them into the, the air path of the Proforce blower and just shoots them right out. So I was, a, I am, was an am you know, a big fan of the Proforce debris blower attachment. It's, it's huge. Literally it's huge size wise. It's, it's massive, which means it produces a, a tremendous amount of, of airflow. So, but again, if you have small properties, this might be overkill in some cases, but it's really great when you have a large amount of leaves to move from one place to the other. Like I said, whether you move them to the curb to suck up or you move them to the, to the woods as well as commercial properties, parking lots, things like that. It's really, 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 uh, useful for sure. So Definitely, uh, if you want the visuals, like I said, and any more specs and information, check out the link in the episode description. The, the story that I said I wanted to end off with, I was at um, 7-Eleven over the summer on, you know, on lunch break, and I saw a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in a long time, a, a local guy that has his own, co- or had his own company, I should say, so that's kind of foreshadowing there. And I was like, hey, you just came over and just started chatting, you know, had some jokes, busting my chops like 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 we all usually do with each other. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen you in forever. You're, you're like a ghost. I didn't even I never I didn't even know what happened to you, man. You know, we just had a whole talk about it. And he's like, yeah, it's because I had a stroke. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I had a stroke a couple months ago. Like this was the beginning of the summer, I think, that we were talking. So this was like somewhere like I was either right before spring or right around spring, something like that. But it wasn't too long prior to that. It's not like it was like a year or two ago. I was like, yeah, you know, a couple months ago, just got over having a stroke. So he just, you know, he had a stroke. He's like, and, and, and you know, I had to sell my business, you know, because I just I had to retire because, you know, I almost died. I had a stroke like doctors, you know, my doctor, my cardiologist, they're all like, there's no reason why someone 50 years old and perfectly healthy like you need, it should have had a stroke. Like there's just, there's just no explanation for that other than stress. I mean, there could have been some other random stuff. You know how it is. No one ever really fully knows the answers to everything. Um, nothing is a hundred percent certainty, but, uh, 
stress definitely was a huge factor or had to have been because, you know, he was very stressed and, you know, he, he admittedly, admittedly so. And, you know, we all know, I think by now with all of the research and science and examples, we know that stress kills. Stress is not good for anything. Stress isn't, you know, stress is bending something that's not supposed to be bent as far as it's being bent. And then it, it, it breaks or cracks or bends to a point where it, you know, it creases and you can't bend it back. You know, uh, you know, you, it, that, that's what stress is. You know, stress is, 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 uh, squeezing, uh, um, um, you know, squeezing an egg until it cracks, you know, like whatever. There's so many examples. Stress is, is pressure. Too much pressure is not good, right? Uh, for anything whether you're bending it, squeezing it, throwing it, whatever. Too much pressure is not good. So that's essentially what stress is. You're putting a tremendous amount of pressure on yourself, on your brain, on your heart, on your body. You know, you're out there by yourself and you're just digging holes and shoveling dirt and spreading this and that and cutting grass, doing, you know, whatever. You All the above maybe, you know, laving pavers down all by yourself and you're sweating buckets and you're like, I just got to get it done. I got to get done. I got to make that money. I got to pay my bills. And there's no end in sight. You have no plan or the plan just went out the window and you haven't taken time to sit down, get some rest and come up with a new plan or re, re you know, revise your plan so that you're not continually beating yourself to a pulp like this, you know, putting all this pressure on yourself all of this unnecessary stress because you're going to break, you're going to crack and you're going to have a stroke or a heart attack or who knows what. Like when I was in retail getting sick, I mean, one time I got pneumonia, you know, because I just kept working. I got a cold, turned into bronchitis, turned into pneumonia. Doctor said, Hey, you know, you really uh, should stay home for a couple of days. I'm like, that, that ain't going to happen. He's like, I'm giving you a doctor's note. You have to be out for a couple of days. I'm like, oh gosh, you got to be kidding me! I'm 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 never gonna hear the end of this. Tell I, you know, I tell my district manager, and he almost flips his shit. Like he just like what? Ah! Like like you know, <laughs> God forbid I miss a couple of days because I have pneumonia. Like come on, is it was it that serious? Like apparently at the time it seemed so. It wasn't like Black Friday or anything or the middle of Christmas. It was just whatever random time of year it was. But you know. I can't, you know, geez, you know, so much for, you know, heaven forbid I take a few days off to get better and heal so they don't get sicker and die, you know, but like, but I, being in that environment, I knew that. So I just kept working. I mean, at, at that, that doctor's note, I mean, I stopped, but up to that point is why I got to that point was because I just kept working because I knew I couldn't really take time off unless I requested it off. Like no one ever took sick time in management in most of the places that I worked. That just wasn't a thing. You had to be all practically on your deathbed or have to have surgery or something, you know, before you could actually have legitimate sick days. Like this, that just wasn't a thing. And it's really unfortunate because it creates a tremendous amount of stress on, on everyone. And that's what happened, you know, to me, that's just, you know, more examples. So uh, again, public service announcement as short and sweet of an, of an episode as I almost, as I feel like I've ever really had on the LCR media podcast to just hammer a point home to take care of yourself. We're going into the off season, you know, an, another kind of spinoff of this can end up with into, we can kind of spiral into winter depression. Um, you know, that's, that's a, a common topic where, we go from, you know, 60 to zero, right? We're, we're running and gunning five, six, seven days a week sometimes for months and months and months. 
And then we slow down to a crawl if there's, if there's no snow or there's not a lot of snow or whatever, or we don't do snow and, and we don't really do anything, but, you know, just kind of chip away at our savings that we've hopefully accumulated to get through the winter, our winter savings. But we're not, you know, okay, we can be like Mr. Mom if, if that's our thing, if we have, you know, kids and everything. And, and, and now we want to be the stay-at-home dad for, for however many months of the winter. That's cool. Reconnect with family, maybe do some things. But it's not like you're going out mountain bike riding in the snow or, you know, it's harder to run and do outdoor activities when it's cold out, um, like really cold. You know, you can join a gym or do things inside if you can do that, play basketball, whatever. But the point is you can quickly kind of not be doing as much as you're used to doing because it's the off season, slowest time of the year. And then you can fall into a, another issue of, of, of being sad and depressed and feeling just out of sorts because you don't know what to do with yourself. You know, you're used to working and running your business and all these things, hustling and bustling. And, and now you don't really have anything going on. You should be planning and preparing for the, the following season and, and resting and recovering and reconnecting. Sometimes you end up getting lost and all that and just feeling sad and, and miserable. So that can create more stress as well. So again, saying all that just to say that we are going into the off season. So this is the time to, you know, regroup and, you know, how did last year go, right? We should all be thinking that that's another episode for another day talking about how did 2022 go and what are the plans of 2023, right? We all kind of do that and go through that whole process, myself included. I'll be doing that definitely. Um, but just from a stress standpoint and how fragile thinking about how fragile life actually is because you just, you just never know what could happen tomorrow. You can just up and have a stroke. I mean, how terrifying is that? Right. You know, nothing. So nothing is guaranteed, you know, live, live your life. Like every day matters. Uh, You know, I'm not saying don't ever sleep because that's going to make you die faster. Right. So, you know, there's, there's, there has to be a little bit of balance there. I know that's kind of a, a bad word. Sometimes I forgot. I just recently heard someone else's version of that. Like, no, not balance or not counterbalance or not this or that, but blank. Like, I don't remember what it was. I'll have to think on that and maybe make, make that a separate episode. But I thought it was interesting. But for me, I'm just saying, I feel like there should be a little bit of balance, right? Like, you know, we can't just we can't say, oh, okay, let's live every day like it's our last day. Well, then I'm if I know I'm going to die tomorrow, I'm not going to sleep, right? I'm not going to waste my time, waste eight hours or six hours or whatever of of the last 24 hours of my life sleeping, right? But if we did that every day and never slept, then what's going to happen? We're going to be in rough shape. We're, we're going to talk about stressing your body out. Like, you know, you're going to stroke yourself out real fast um, if you never get any sleep. So obviously there's got, there's, there's, there's extremes that are too extreme. So there has to be a little smidgen of balance. Like I'm just saying, don't, don't, you know, Oh, woe is me. Don't waste your days doing nothing and don't kill yourself doing too much either. You know, live your, live your life to the fullest, live each day. Like it's your last or whatever, like it matters, like it counts because it does, but don't, 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 you know, don't stroke yourself out. Don't kill yourself literally, you know, be, by working yourself too hard and dealing with too much stress. You know, make sure you understand that part of living your life is doing other things than just working your ass off. You know, like we are built to work. That's what human beings do. But there's a lot of other things that we can do in between. We still need to rest and recover. We need to, to eat, to eat, 
You know, we need to feed ourselves. We need to feed our body and we need to feed our mind and we need to feed our heart, feed our spirit, our soul, you know, and, and just make ourselves a whole hearted, full of energy, full of life person. So whatever that looks like for you, figure it out and do it so that you don't end up having a stroke like my friend. And fortunately he's still with us and everything is fine for the most part. But, you know, as we all know, I'm assuming anyone that's had a stroke or if you've heard about any of that, you're never hundred percent after that. It's just, it's just, you know, part of your brain shut down and it's, when it comes back online, if it comes back online, it's, it's not a hundred percent operational. So you just really want to avoid that. Even if you still survive, you, you know, you're not at a hundred percent capacity. So you want to avoid as much as possible. And not everything is avoidable, but I'll tell you what, if you're stressing yourself out to maximum capacity every day, you are increasing the odds of something bad happening to you. So just figure out what, what, you know, what that all, all this means to you and looks like for you and just live a healthy life in, in all the ways. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening. Thank you to the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. On that note, I will, I will uh, be talking to you guys, not see you because it's a podcast. I will talk to you guys on the next episode. This is the Long Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.